We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Money Monday on The Answer means a conversation with our friend Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Josh hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show on Saturdays here on The Answer. There's at 4 p.m. A great way for you to get more insight more knowledge about managing your wealth. That's what they do at Aptus. So that when you get to retirement, you don't get a nasty surprise. You're prepared for it. And there are many, many moving factors in the economy. Josh and his team specialize in that. They'll give you a free consultation. You get a $25 gift card for your time. Patronize a local business. And boy, the knowledge is priceless. So Josh, thanks for joining us. And as we look at this week, you know, it's the final push for taxes, getting them done or getting an extension if you don't have them done. And, you know, very basic question is, Filing jointly, filing separately for married couples. Do you have any thoughts on when it makes uh, a wise, when it's a wise choice to do one or to do the other? Well, fortunately, software has helped us out in that conversation quite a bit. Um, so, you know, the, the software typically that you run your taxes through, whether that be TurboTax or working with a tax pro, uh, will usually indicate whether or not it makes sense to file jointly versus separately. It, it you know kind of flashes the screen and says you could save this amount of money by filing separately. That said, there are some things to watch out for that that program will not tell you about filing separately. And one that comes to mind off the top of my head is the cost of your Medicare premium. Uh, for example, uh, let's say that in general, Medicare is about 150 bucks a month, 160 bucks a month for the average person uh, in retirement. And then there's these graduated steps, you know, it goes from 160 to 240 and so on and so forth, all the way to about $500 a month for Medicare based upon your income. And as your income increases as a uh, couple filing jointly, you kind of go through all of those stages. However, if you file separately and you hop over the initial threshold, which is just to give you some feedback, about $85,000 of income for one person, you, uh, like Monopoly, you don't, you don't pass go, you go right to jail, you mm-hmm. hop all of those, and you end up paying $500 a month for your Medicare. So uh, there is some advantage, uh, obviously, in, in uh, filing separately, but you have to watch out for the gotchas as well. Yeah, I, that brings me to another question. And our guest is Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. You can reach them online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com, or 614-917-1040. I'd highly recommend a consultation with him. It's free. You get a $25 gift card, but uh, they help you manage your money and work toward a retirement where you can rest easy and with inflation taking a chunk out of people's retirements now, it underscores the importance of having a professional like Josh and the Aptus team. You mentioned software, and I just wonder, like, there are a lot of tax professionals out there who are slammed at this time of year. I always hear about how they're working, you know, 9 a.m. to midnight every night. So a lot of people are getting their taxes done by professionals. When do you recommend that a person gets a tax professional, when can they do it themselves, and are tax software options out there safe options for people to do their own taxes? 
Well, I would say obviously it depends on your situation and how complicated your tax situation is and how high your acumen is for being able to do it on your own. But for a lot of people, uh, getting your taxes done just via tax program by yourself is is, is more than enough. You know, you, let's say you rent and you have a W-2 and that's all you have and you're a single person. You know, the software is probably more than enough to get the job done. But as time goes on and now you have, you know, a home and maybe multiple streams of income and capital gains and maybe even a rental property to deal with, uh, the advantage of working with a uh, good tax professional becomes very, very valuable. And I stress good because like every occupation, uh, there are good ones and there are not so good ones. So it'd be a great opportunity to get a referral from somebody who, who's worked with somebody over time, who knows the values that they've brought, and they can make a significant difference in the bottom line for your taxes. No doubt about that. And I know uh, as we discuss taxes here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management, one of the things that every tax professional will tell you is keep accurate records. So how do you counsel your clients on keeping receipts? Like you can probably do that to uh, uh, a fastidious degree, keeping every receipt you get for every single thing. But, you know, for what you do and managing people's wealth and for then what they do when they go to a tax professional, like what kind of counsel would you give to people in terms of record keeping for receipts and expenditures? Well, fortunately, a lot of everything is online now. So if you even lose some of those receipts, you can probably recreate quite a bit of them just simply by going to your credit card statement. Or, you know, in my scenario, for example, your your 1099s and your uh, capital gains records, et cetera, that's available always. We can get them to you. But having too much is never a problem. It's not having enough. So my suggestion would be keep everything and then sort through it at the end of the year and your tax person can tell you what you actually needed to keep and what you didn't. And then over the years, you'll kind of get a better handle on what do you need, what don't you need. Our guest is Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. We talk with Josh every Monday, 1230 for Money Monday. And your money is something you cannot escape. I mean, you have to have it to pay your bills and you need to have it to rely on it when you're in retirement. That's their specialty, planning for retirement, managing your wealth. A free consultation gets you a $25 gift card, and you'll find out if the Aptus team is right for you. I think they would be because they are on top of these kinds of factors and changing conditions in the economy. How do you reach them? 614-917-1040, aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. All right, we know the Fed is trying to dial back inflation. Inflation's at a 40-year high. The thought is they're going to raise interest rates as they did incrementally in their last meeting. The thought is they'll raise it a half a point in their next three meetings. And the fears are that this will trigger a recession. Now, I don't know what a recession is, but I know it's bad, right? It's a slowdown in in the economy, basically. So uh, do you think the factors are there and exist for a recession? And what should people know about managing their money as we may be entering a recession? Well, while the definition of what a recession is is somewhat vague, and there's always arguments amongst economists that the kind of prevailing definition is a period of two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, GDP meaning what the country is producing. And I think it's a widespread belief that uh, we are entering into a potential period of stagflation, which would be a period of uh, rising inflation, rising interest rates, and a shrinking overall output of the economy or GDP. So I think the fear of a recession is, is very real, but what does that mean? Does it mean that you should just, you know, the, the old stand old uh, adage is just hang in there, just keep keep on keeping on, and uh, everything will work out just fine, because that has worked for the last 40 years. I think a big question that clients have is what's worked for the last 40 years in a period of declining interest rates, 
Will that continue to work over the next 40 years in a period of increasing interest rates? And the answer historically is, uh, while it will work, that will be a very bumpy ride. So the challenge, or what we're recommending for clients, is take a more active management style in your investments. Does that mean you start day trading? Of course not. Hmm. Does it mean that you should pay attention to some trends in the economy, pay attention to things like interest rates more than maybe you have in the past, pay attention to things like valuations more than you have over the last 10 years? I think the very obvious answer is yes. Ray Dalio, who uh, runs Bridgewater Capital, which is, I believe, the largest hedge fund in the world, just came out and said something very powerful. He said, you know, the days over the last 10 or 15 years of easy money and just throwing a dart to a dartboard are over. And understanding what you're doing for the purposes of asset allocation and what you should be investing in over the next 10 years will be critically important to achieve any sort of return. Josh Pick, our guest, Aptus Wealth Management. He hosts the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show here on The Answer, Saturdays at 4 p.m. Their number is 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. Look, my knowledge of these kinds of things are really, really, uh, is really rudimentary, but I'm thinking if during a recession prices come down, wouldn't that be good for retirees because you're kind of on a fixed income when you're a retiree and if prices are dropping and you'd have cash on hand your cash on hand would be worth more is that too simplistic of a view that that's a recession is not necessarily bad for retirees well recession certainly could be good i mean i'll give an example obviously if the economy or the market corrects and you're 40 years old and you have a time frame of you know 20 or 30 years until you reach retirement buying at lower prices into the market is a great thing However, if you have a period of, again, stagflation, or remember, we're trying to chase inflation out, uh, now we have a period where maybe your uh, investments aren't performing as well as they were before, your growth is slowing. Many people have gotten very used to, hey, the market just goes up every single year over the last 10 or 15 years. You know, since basically, you know, the great uh, uh, financial crisis of 2008, 2009. So that correction can have a significant impact on the amount of income that people are living on while simultaneously prices of goods and services. I mean, look at the pump today, right? They're mm. going up. So it can be a very challenging environment. But you're absolutely right, Bruce. Things like CDs at the bank will obviously benefit from these interest rate increases. So theoretically, 10 years from now, we could have a time back where we have you know, great rates on CDs and, and they've curbed inflation, but that's going to take some time. So navigating these murky waters over the next few years will be a difficult task, uh, but one that's going to be critical for long-term success. Aptus Wealth Management, that's Josh's firm. You can reach them at 614-917-1040. Their website is Aptus Wealth, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. If you wonder about their physical location there in Lewis Center, uh, just 23270 area if you want to uh, pinpoint it in your mind. Okay, we promised people, Josh, uh, a reverse mortgage conversation. We'll probably get into it deeper next week because we had pressing issues to discuss. But generally, what do you think of reverse mortgages? And is there a way to say, like, you'd be, you know, here are the characteristics you would have uh, that would maybe make a reverse mortgage a consideration worthy of your time? Yeah, you know, in the past and, and even today, I would say the reverse mortgage is just simply mentioning those words is a pretty polarizing thing to do these days. People have very definitive opinions on whatever reverse mortgage is, so much so that the industry has kind of renamed them into something they call a heckum loan. So they've gotten away from that mm. bad, uh, bad juju, I guess, of the uh, reverse mortgage. But essentially what it has become is something that's very highly regulated. 
Um, it is not the Wild West of old where, you know, fees are through the roof and uh, people are getting paid astronomical conditions. It falls in line with things like other traditional 30-year mortgages. But what it enables people to do is tap into the equity in their home or be able to afford homes in this crazy environment that we're in today by essentially keeping or putting 50% worth of equity in a home and then not being responsible for the other 50%. So simply put, you have a half a million dollar house, you can pull 250 grand out of that home, use that for income, use it for other purposes, and not have to worry about ever leaving your home or ever repaying that note. So think of it as a 30-year mortgage that you don't have to pay back until you pass away. Now, that does not mean, Bruce, and this is a, a very common misconception, that when you pass, the bank automatically now owns your home. That note that you took out has been accruing interest, but of course your house hopefully has been growing as well. So there should still be, remember you can only get 50%, there should still be equity in that home over time. So when is it a good scenario, and I'll try and make this brief because I know we've already talked about a lot of things, but uh, it's a great scenario where people's homes are a huge asset, and maybe they've you know, they were a little late to the game on, in, on saving or investing for retirement, and they just need a little bit more monthly income to kind of get over the hurdle to be able to retire. But here they are sitting on all of this equity, not knowing what to do. Um, there are other scenarios, obviously, maybe we can get into those next week. But um, there are a few scenarios that I can think of where it might be incredibly beneficial, but it's certainly not for everyone. But don't necessarily rule it out, I think, is the takeaway here. That makes a lot of sense in terms of getting late to the game, and we hope no one is late to the game. Now's the time. No better day than today. If you haven't started, don't delay another day to get with Josh and his team at Aptus Wealth Management. They specialize in managing your wealth, working toward retirement, so you can approach it with peace of mind. Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Their number is 614 614- 917 You get a $25 gift card to patronize a local business, restaurant, help them stay in business. Well worth it. Lewis Center is their physical location. Aptus Wealth is their online location, aptuswealth.com. Josh, always a pleasure. We'll get into reverse mortgages more next week because as I, uh, I certainly believe it is a deeper topic, but that was a good introduction to it, and I look forward to having that talk with you next week. Thanks, Bruce. You as well. So they're in the middle of spring football practice at Ohio State. Normally would not make our show, but today is a different day in the aftermath of Saturday's shocking, sudden, and tragic death of former Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins, uh, struck by a dump truck while walking, jogging, running, while on a highway on foot uh, near Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, Dwayne Haskins set passing records at Ohio State, a bunch of them, in 2018. Uh, Led OSU to a one-loss season, a victory in the Rose Bowl in Urban Meyer's final game. First-round draft pick of the Washington Redskins, Heisman Trophy finalist. His position coach then is Ohio State's head coach now, Ryan Day. Here's Ryan Day today at Ohio State talking about the difficulty of the weekend, um, memories of Dwayne Haskins, and the fact that a lot of Ohio State Buckeyes still in the program know Dwayne Haskins or played with Dwayne Haskins. You know, it's hard to wrap your mind around something like this, especially when it just happened so tragically to a young person, <clears throat> especially somebody who had such a big heart. Uh, I think when you think about Dwayne, you just think about the compassion that he had. You know, he was 
It was like a big brother, RJ. Remember, he took RJ to a high school basketball, or high school football game, and um, you know they, they spent a lot of time together. He meant a lot to my family, he meant a lot to this program, and he's going to be sorely missed. So the RJ that Ryan Day is uh, discussing there is his son RJ. So um, still not a lot of details on how this exactly happened. Um, you know, I think a plausible assumption is that Dwayne Haskins either was uh, going for help because his car had broken down, but there's been no mention of his car being found alongside of the road. I would certainly think 48 hours after the fact that would have been mentioned. I think it's reasonable to assume he was, was he, was he running to a store uh, to get something that he wanted? He does not live, I don't believe, in the Fort Lauderdale area. He was down there to be working out with Pittsburgh Steelers teammates in an effort to try to win the starting job in Pittsburgh in the aftermath of Ben Roethlisberger's retirement. So was he jogging? Was he working out? We just don't know, and there have not, as I said, been much uh, much in the way of uh, of saying what has happened there. So we'll keep abreast of that and, and let you know. Uh, midterm elections coming up. Democrats are going to take a bloodbath. One of the reasons why they're going to take a bloodbath is because they don't either don't care or don't see what the will of the voters is. For instance, in the state of Kentucky, they have their legislature passed a bill protecting women's sports from biological men playing women's sports. This passed in the Kentucky House by a 70 to 23 vote. In the Senate, it passed by a 26 to 9 vote. Democratic Governor Andy Bashir vetoed the bill. Now, all it is required to override his veto is a simple majority. So I would think Andy Bashir is going to look really, really bad. He's picking a fight he cannot win, but of course he has to pick it to demonstrate his progressive chops to crazy Democrats, and there can't be many of them in the state of Kentucky, if the House breaks down 70 to 23 for Republicans and the Senate breaks down 26 to 9. Those are even bigger numbers than the state of Ohio. But he's going to stick by his guns. Okay, you do that. I want Democrats to run on sexual orientation, gender identity in elementary schools. I want them to run on that. I want them to run on platforms like this spoken by a woke teacher about keeping a secret from parents, the secret being that their son or daughter comes to school and changes their identity. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. Ah, they're superheroes. They come to school and they change from a boy's clothes into a girl's clothes because they are a girl and then they change back before they go home. Now, what would you call an adult who enables a child and engages with a child to keep secrets from a parent? Is that something you would encourage your children to have adults outside your family who they would keep secrets with? That's a groomer. That's a pedophile. That's a cretin. 